Welcome to another episode of Family Records. My name is Matt Rodolfi, and with me as always is Blake Sweet, and we are back without lag. I know. <laughs> and Dude, I am COVID-free. <laughs> that was my first time in like three weeks hearing the Family Records theme song in uh, studio. As we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, didn't catch it, we actually missed last week. I think I put it on the Twitter. I don't know if anyone is actually paying attention, but... Um, unfortunately, uh, after the last episode, when I was talking about my family getting COVID tests, turns out they all had COVID too. So, uh, <laughs> my quarantine was not up when I had originally, well, mine was, but my family's wasn't. So I wasn't about to bring people into the booth, but that yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah. I thought it was smart I, decision. Sure. I, I couldn't have made it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big thing planned. I'll have to try it next time you're out of town. Um, how you been, dude? We uh, were just chatting for like an hour. We need to do it on mic because I've been good. I, <laughs> since we've actually since we've last been in the booth together, I've taken two trips. Yeah, and while I was in quarantine, yeah, I went on vacation. I was enjoying life outside my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna start off real quick with what what's the opposite of a plug? Uh, an unplug. I, I, okay, um, we're going to call it that. Okay. I'm going to start off with an unplug. I am unplugging Frontier Airlines. Oh. It is a garbage airline. That is what I've me and Bailey use. I've never heard of Frontier Airlines. You're lucky. Oh. Uh, Frontier Airlines has very cheap flights. Okay. Like, like I've seen flights as it, low it as 30 bucks. It does sound like redneck spirit. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's kind of redneck spirit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're like $30 plane tickets. Which sounds nice until you add like a carry on, and then all of a sudden they're like those ones five hundred dollars plane tickets, seventy five bucks. Yeah, and on top of it, the planes feel like they're held together with duct tape. You, Uh, the best. So the reason I'm unplugging them though is because that's what we flew to go to Montana. Yeah, and while we were in Montana, I went and I picked up a couple of local whiskeys. One of which I tried on our last episode. The other one. I intended to bring it here for tonight's episode. Yeah. But Frontier turned me away with my checked bag. Because you had le- liquid in your checked bag? No, they just, the, the person at the checked bag counter was in the back office eating lunch and refused to take our checked bag before we went through security. So the TSA agent was just there telling people, hey, take out all your liquids and carry the bag on. What? Yeah. So we had to call Bailey's mom, who had already dropped us off and had gotten back home. Wow. She had to come back to the airport, pick up the bags or the bottles of whiskey and uh, and all our toiletries because we just packed our normal size shit because sure. we, we check a bag. We don't have to buy the travel size stuff. And this was all uh, just because they just because. Yeah. I mean, like like. There was we were, this wasn't like a TSA law or anything like that. We were, were running just, a little bit late, but it was not like I have never ever seen a baggage counter closed in the middle of the day. 
Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah. It, when there's a flight about to go. Yeah, no, that's weird. Yeah. So, and waiting for Bailey's mom to come get our liquids and take take them from us so that we could get our bag through TSA. We, like, we got through TSA at the moment our door was supposed to shut. Oh, geez. So we had to sprint across the airport. Thank God it's Billings, Montana, and it's a tiny little airport, and we only had, like, 20 <laughs> yards to run. But still. Wow. So, and get this. In Montana, it is illegal to ship alcohol without a distributor's license. So... It's just in yeah, Montana. Yeah, so those bottles of whiskey that I bought are just sitting there at Bailey's parents' house waiting for me to go back to visit again. Wow. You're when allowed I'm flying to fl- with a good airline, not Frontier. Wow. <laughs> and can actually check them in my bag home. Dude, that's messed up. Yeah. That's a weird law. I would not expect Montana to they have were that law. relatively pricey bottles of whiskey, too, so I'm really pissed about well, it. Montana's one of those states where they, like, you can't sell liquor at the grocery store, right? Yeah. How is that? That seems like it would suck. Honestly, there's a liquor store in every street corner, so it's not that bad. Oh, okay. So the liquor get... stores are also casinos because gambling is legal in Montana. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. That's... Also, every gas station's a casino. Is every gas station a, li- <laughs> a liquor store? And some grocery stores. No, gas stations also can't sell liquor. So a gas station can be a casino, but it can't sell liquor. Yes. And a liquor store can sell liquor and be a casino. Yes. Can they sell gas? There is one that I know of <laughs> that is a liquor store, gas station, and casino, but there is like a sep. The liquor store has to be walled off from the gas station. Interesting. It's going to be a side by side. Yeah. So it's basically two businesses next to each other okay. instead of all one business. But that's then there's so just like the casino in between them. And so that's just, that's how they justify it. <laughs> that's weird. I've been, I've been learning about that because uh, I, I, I think I, I told you I had to we can't had to cancel our Hawaii trip that I've been talking about since we started the show mm-hmm. uh, because they're having major COVID spikes and all that stuff and that they they told everyone to cancel their plans. Um, so instead, we decided to do something go somewhere we've never been. So we're going to New Hampshire for a week because why not? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like we go to Boston, Might as well. see, see some Boston, world. see some Boston, see some New Hampshire. Like why why not? And um, I've been learning about that because that's the same out there. Because I was like, oh, I better figure out where I'm going to get my whiskey, you know? <laughs> and then I'm like digging into it. I'm like, oh, that's that's weird. Where's the lick? Okay, I'm finding liquor stores. Like, it's not a thing where oh, yeah. I can't find it. Oh, it's God. just I New noticed Hampshire's- that and then I found the thing and it's like, oh, isn't this what Blake told me in Montana? Well, isn't New Hampshire one of those states where you can only buy liquor from a state-owned liquor store? I believe so. That's worse than Montana. <laughs> that is worse than Montana. That's like Utah. Utah's like that. Wow. Yeah. And Utah's yeah. a big state. Like, I'm kind of surprised. That's weird. I looked into it, like, uh, and talked to some people I know that live out there about what it's like. Because I thought my thought when, with that is, like, government liquor stores or whatever. And we're like, what, well, there's going to be, like, five kinds of liquor. You know? Like, what are we getting? <laughs> and it, it, luckily. No, um, it's just they It's just they own the liquor store. It's not like they make all the liquor. Because you're well, right. If the, if it was state-made liquor, yeah, there'd yeah, be five like bottles. Five, that's if it. If you're lucky. <laughs> you know, in Korea, they got, like, 23 approved haircuts in North Korea. There's haircut police in North Korea. I don't know if there's police, but you're only allowed. I think it's 23. Correct me if you're wrong. But North Korea, you're allowed like 23 state approved haircuts. Wait, is that why Dr. Pepper has 23 flavors? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Is it, it's 23 state approved yeah. flavors. Is well, that I why think it's that was the US was like 24 flavors <laughs> is a step too far, Mr. <laughs> Pepper. And, and they were like, doctor, 
I Pepper to yeah, you. I didn't go to seven years of medical school to be called <laughs> Mr. Pepper like this plebe pib over here. They had like 50 flavors. <laughs> it's the only way I could do it. And they're like, well, 23 is the limit. And they're like, all right, well, you're lucky. I'm a, I have a PhD in flavor. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to find a way. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Guy Fieri should have a PhD in flavor too. While we're at it. You said his name <laughs> so fancy. Well, that's how Guy it's pronounced. Fieri. That's how it's pronounced. That's how he pronounces his name. Yeah, but that's wrong. Dude, we're Italians. <laughs> we can't Itali- not pronounce How Italian it. are we? You say that you claim that Italians call pasta sauce salsa. <laughs> Have you never heard grandpa call it salsa? Yeah, grandpa. I've never heard any other Italian. That's a fair In point. In fact, I, I believe I heard from JR's Italian mother that y- <laughs> she was like cringed with you saying that it's salsa. That's the Italian word for sauce. Is it? I don't know about that. that I mean, it's also the Spanish word for sauce. Yeah, well, it's yeah, hot sauce. Hot, yeah, no. yeah still, <laughs> I think grandpa was just also, weird. JR's family has no room to talk because they call it gravy. They call it gravy? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to reach out and find out if that's true. <laughs> like spaghetti and meatballs with a red gravy. That's, I actually went with, camping with JR and a couple of our friends this last weekend, and that was... We had a big argument about it. About pasta gravy? <laughs> yeah, is it gravy or is it salsa? And everybody else thinks we're weird because we, we call, care at we all. We call it gravy, <laughs> and all these noodles are called biscuits. And that's the Italian way. <laughs> we, we, have a little, we have a little term for it. We call it gravy and biscuits. No, it's salsa, <laughs> and the pasta noodles are called chips. Salsa. That's dumb. We should drink before this gets ruined as we are. Yeah. We don't want to go for that family yeah, record again. Yeah, two would be a little too much. So what so are we drinking today? We are drinking Iron Smoke straight bourbon whiskey. Iron Smoke? And I do have a little blurb pulled up. Okay. Our legendary Applewood smoked whiskey is carefully handcrafted and aged to perfection. In Applewood? Sp- yes. Ironwood. It's no, both? Applewood. It's Iron Smoke. Iron Smoke. My bad. Applewood smoked whiskey. Applewood is a paint color. That's why it's on my brain like that. Sorry. It's also what you smoke bacon with. That's that's true. Uh, anyway, aged to perfection in our small batch distillery in Fairport, New York. We use ingredients from American farms and water from the glacier formed Finger Lakes. The character of Iron Smoke is distinct, smooth tasting with a whisper of sweet apple and wood smoke. I smell the wood smokiness. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Pretty well, solid. let's try it. Clink. Uh, interesting that's yeah I don't, like a, I don't really have words for it yeah it's kind of like the flavor is kind of like static like it's hitting a, a bunch of time different things at once it's good i i get the the apple wood yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know if it's applewood because I don't really know what applewood tastes like, but like I get apples. I don't drink paint. I'm assuming apples you or applewood apples? tastes like apples. And wood with that oakiness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now, do you think when they say applewood, they mean like wood from an apple tree or is there a different tree called an applewood tree? Um, uh, Alexa? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, she popped up. No, whatever. Um, no, I don't know. It's a damn good question. I, I have a question about that stuff too. Cause I had a customer tip me in jerky the other day. Yeah. You heard me right. He was smoking some jerky. 
I was going to say, was it like he gave you a bag of Jack Links? No, he was making <laughs> his own. It was pretty good. It, but he was like making it in the garage the whole time I was there all day. At the end of the day, um, we were settling up and he's like, hey, I've got some of this jerky since we're because we we're talking a lot about it because I. I'm a guy. How many times have we all in our life gone like, well, buy a little, I can make my own jerky, smoke, like dried fruit, you know what I mean? Buy myself a lot. They smokers? No, they're not smokers. They're dehydrators, right? Yeah. Um, and so I've always had that thought and it was good. And that just some reason this made me think, do you think that, can you jerk bacon? Yes. Really? There's, There's bacon jerky? Is that Jack a thing? Jack Links makes bacon jerky. Why have I not had it? That's I not don't okay. know. You can find it at most gas stations. No. Yeah. You know, they've got the whole like aisle of just jerky. Yeah, that's true. With like the Slim Jims and the. There's times the little, when I'm like, overwhelmed in those aisles, though. The problem is I tend to just when I get nervous, you just grab the teriyaki. Oh, absolutely. And the problem is there's such good like people have given me ones that aren't teriyaki that are like way better, but I have no idea where to start. Bacon jerky sounds fun, though. Bacon jerky is interesting because it just it tastes like bacon, but it looks like jerky. You know what confuses me is the jerky chew. Yeah, I, I want to buy a can of that, like because it looks like chewing tobacco. Like I want to feel what it's like to put a little pinch of jerky in my lip and just you know like. But I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. No, that is what you're supposed to do. Is it really? So you like suck the jerky in your lip because well, I think it's intended to be like a quitting aid. But really, all it is is a re- or is but something it's all edible. for yeah. But really, all it is is something for teenagers to buy because they think it makes them cool. Because hey, I, look, it's like chewing tobacco. I really want to try it now because it sounds cool. It's uh, honestly like big old big old bone lip playing catch with the boy. All right, kid, keep your eye on the ball. Honestly, texture wise, it's not far off. Really, but the saltiness gets you. Oh, that's it will dry out your gums. That's an interesting one though, because I, I did chew for a short while, and I thought chew was already salty as it was. No, really, not worse than that, huh? Well, I mean, like you don't really think about it when you're just chowing down on some beef jerky, like store bought stuff. But sure, that, a lot of salt goes into dehydrating that. I guess that makes like, sense. Oh, sorry. That is sorry, y'all. I'm extremely tired. <laughs> I I did uh, soccer fields today. Did I tell you that already? Yeah. For but I don't 20, think you said it on mic. 22,000 steps, boy. Jeez. Ooh, I'm tired. <laughs> that is quite the day. Yeah, it is. If I did that every day, Man. this beer belly would be gone. My cushy desk job, I think I got like <laughs> 1,500 steps. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my peaks. It's uh, 20 something, 20 to 30,000 steps from doing soccer fields and climbing up to 40 stories. But it, none of it happens daily. That's the problem. So it still yeah. kicks my ass. I was doing it every day. It might be cool, but although speaking of cool, I, I mean, I need to get a little bacon jerky or uh, not bacon jerky. Jack, what, chew jerky chew. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's literally what it says on the package. Jerky nice. chew. <laughs> looks so cool. The packaging just looks so cool. Yeah, it reminds me of like cigarettes. It just looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, this is pretty good. Yeah, it's solid whiskey. Yeah, it's different. It's light. It, it almost has like a pepperiness to it. That might be the smokiness. Maybe that's because you're thinking of beef jerky. Maybe, but it's not, <laughs> it's not peppery. It's not like a peppercorn peppery. It's not like a pepper peppery either. You kind of taste Maybe that. Maybe like, like a, it's not quite like a rye spice either. Yeah. 
That's, I think it, the it's smoke, an interesting flavor, and we're bad at this. I we are smoked. very bad at this. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that. I know, our but we still try every time. We're like our little our little crew of listeners that actually like listening us talk shit. I still can't believe people listen to us, Blake. I know, <laughs> dude. It was kind of cool. Um, so on our camping trip last week, and I was sitting around the fire with my buddies, and like, and they were all like, "We should invite Matt." <laughs> well, you were it. in quarantine at the time. Yeah, sure. They meant for next year, obviously. Yeah, of course. You're but like, no, I like feel it, like he's one of the boys now because we listen to the podcast. It was. It was really <laughs> exciting. Like everybody was telling me, like they've been listening, and it's that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's it was a lot of fun. And uh, was everyone th- jealous of Jr. for all the attention he gets? <laughs> Little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> should we should we change it up? We'll just pick a random friend, and we're just gonna show love to them. <laughs> Go on a JR strike. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, Down with JR. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did so you went to the lake outside of Tahoe? Uh, no. So change it up. That did, actually, did you go to New Hampshire? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday. It's such an but, arbit- uh, I know it's an arbitrary choice, but I'm so excited to go. <laughs> no, we actually it's kind of similar to you and your Hawaii thing. Like, oh, can't go to Loon Lake up by tahoe anymore because the fires oh the fires that's right so we kind of had the last minute find a new spot and we found uh ocean cove up on the north coast where at in california yeah so it's uh the closest town would have been like guernville or jenner that those words mean nothing to me uh it's off i know where weed and eureka are okay so if you go up the one but not all the way to weed or eureka okay you'll end up at ocean cove at some point and it, it was cool. It was, I mean, you know, it was obviously in a cove by the ocean, but it was like, it was up in the Redwood Forest. Clever name. Um, was it one of those Redwood Forests where the forest went right up to the, to the beach? In some places, yes. That's cool. I always, it was, I always wanted to go exploring up there more. Well, it was so awesome. And I, I feel like I can't say this enough. The Northern California coast is underrated. It's the, like, yeah. it's, it's not the best beach or it's not the best coastline for like swimming or yeah. probably not even surfing because it's so rocky up there. But like the views and the scenery and just the, the overall atmosphere there, you can't beat it. So it's cause like you, you can have your Sandy beaches uh-huh. and then like 20 feet up, you're just in the middle of the Redwood forest. That's so bad. Someone told me, I can't remember if it was one of our, one of our cousins or if it was like my friend who hikes, it might've been one of our cousins that lives in that area. But someone was telling me, like, they just go on these hikes, like, for a week, walking the coast oh, yeah. in the Redwood Forest. And, oh, like, that's you're just totally a thing. Completely by yourself. They're just smoking weed the whole time, <laughs> like, camping under the stars. I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. That sounds real cool. That certainly sounds like a couple of our cousins that live in the area. Yeah, yeah. Won't name names, but <laughs> um, you know who you are. <laughs> every time I go to, like, because I, I haven't really properly seen that Redwood Forest. I've been up to, like, some of the Redwood Groves in, uh, like, Arnold, like, uh, Calaveras right. Big Tree and stuff like that. Well, and, like, you've been up to the Eureka area, right? Um, it's been so long. I've, I don't have that very many memories of it. Really? Could, I guess it's been, like, 10 years since uh, since our cousin's wedding up there. I wasn't invited. Ooh. I'm a little sour about that. <laughs> My sisters were all invi- invited because 
<laughs> no. Um, oh, now is probably not a good time to tell you then that the wedding was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was the reception was outdoors in like just backed up into the woods yeah. and we all stayed at this like and this campground. was the before time, right? Yeah. So you could yeah. like you like get close to people and talk to them. Oh god, and all the family stayed at this like it was like a motel slash campground slash RV park. And so, like, you step outside of your room, and there's just fire pits. That's cool. At, back in the forest. It was awesome. That's cool. That was my uh, that <laughs> organ wedding we went to for my sister. Oh, that I was a great that. one, too. I loved the people in the campers, and and, and some of our family just It was just very similar to that. Well, some of the family just bought some of those little lodges in the camping area. Yeah. But then your mom and dad bought that, like, ocean house. That's right. The Airbnb, like, a beach house. And then just across was it like this, a four bed, four or five bedroom or something like, cause we, you stayed there. Big. I stayed there. Yeah. yeah. That was before had, you were it, living here. We were just yeah. like catching up like freaking crazy yeah, nonstop. We, <laughs> we were doing this, but without mics and on, on, on <laughs> over, over the top of each other. And our women were just staring at us. Like, I mean, we still kind of do the over the top of each other thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it was, it's the same thing. Like, Ocean Cove was kind of like that, where we were staying in a beach house on the nice sandy beach, and then like across the street was forest. That's cool. Um, I, I loved that we could. Uh, I don't. I don't think you could do this up there, but like, I loved that we were able to just go dig our own fire pit out in the ocean, on the, oh, on yeah. the beach. Right. Uh, you hear stories about that being just the thing in California. Now it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, but uh, I can't do anything at the beach anymore. Another fun thing about our camping trip. That I feel like I need to mention. Uh, so the neighboring campsite had a few people. They were really cool. They came out and hung out with us and, you know, we played Weren't, some cornhole. Did they wear masks? Let's say, I'm reporting yeah. you to Daddy Newsom. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. So I'm sitting there talking to one of the guys and I'm me doing my job as a podcast network owner started promoting my shit. Okay. And then you I were was, that guy, huh? And he, uh, <laughs> hey, he showed interest and was like, oh, what's it called? And I was, and at this point I just said, I grabbed his phone and I was like, I looked us up and I followed all of our shows on his phone. Oh, you're that guy, <laughs> huh? I am when I've had some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you. This is pretty good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you decided to give us a listen, shout out Shane. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Shane, JR sucks. <laughs> no, but it was a lot of fun. It, in general, it gets, we interacted with a few of the other groups at the campsite. And I don't know, it was a lot of fun. It was a that huge campground. Awesome. It felt like the before times. I don't think I saw a single mask while we were there. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, I try and remember, like, honestly. We live in like the seven Bay Area counties. Yeah. You know, like the, we're in we're one the of, weird ones. <laughs> well, yeah, most of the country doesn't have mandates everywhere. It's, we're living in the thick of it. I try and remind myself that like, that's probably good. <laughs> like we are in this. When you realize that it's happening in these highly populated areas and there is big swaths of well, the country that and aren't. It, so that's and probably good. Bigger concern here than in a lot of the country for that exact reason. Oh, I mean, yeah. We've got Everyone's millions tighter. of people all living on top yeah, yeah. of each other here. For sure. You know, and in other parts of the world, it's like, like in Montana, I think it's, it's something ridiculous. Like there's a couple acres per person of space. Wow. It's so even in those like condensed areas in Montana, it's, it's not as widespread. Hmm. 
you know, like like me and Bailey's brother, while we were in Montana, we closed down a bar downtown. And like when I say closed down, I don't mean the COVID hours like 9 p.m. thing. I mean 2 a.m. in nice. a like in a crowded bar. Is this the brother that went to Vegas? Yes. Was he just home visiting too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it was uh, it was their grandma's birthday. Hmm. How old? Eighty. Wow. Nice. Very yeah, nice. and it's uh, she didn't know that we were all coming to visit either. Aww. So it was uh, it was a surprise party at um, Bailey's aunt's house, and we were all just hanging out. And all of a sudden, she walks. Her grandma walks in the door and sees all of us and gets all excited. That's and badass. It was yeah, it was really cool. I'm so glad we got to make it because. Man, it was looking for a while like we weren't going to be able to get on the plane. I haven't seen my grandma in two years. More, actually. Oh, jeez. COVID, baby. When we went down there, we were going to do the same thing. We were going to surprise her when we were down in San Diego. But my mom got COVID, and she had been near them. And it was like, man, after 18 months or whatever it was, like we're finally down here and able to travel. And I can't see – not only didn't see my mom, but can't see my freaking grandma who I haven't seen – or my uncles, which was a bummer. But yeah. uh, the good news is my mom's going to New Hampshire with us. Really? Yeah, she's going to Hawaii with us too. But she, <laughs> she was like on board. She's like, sure, let's just pick another place to go. Like what? what's a place that's kind of spread out and open? You know, we're like, well, <laughs> we don't, no offense to Montana, to anyone listening, but we were like, well, we don't really want to go vacation in like Montana. You know what I mean? So it's uh, like, hey, now. I've never been, to be fair. I've never been. Uh, but we all kind of realized that, well, we've never been to like, I've been to new England, like when I was marching drum corps, but it was like technically new England's like those six Northern States or whatever it is. It's like Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Connecticut, Rhode Island. I think, I think New York also counts as new England. No, it's North of New York. I think New Hmm. York is the border. Chelsea and I looked it up the other day. Um, cause I've been to, I've been to New York, New York. Uh, for a day. We had like a day of leave there. It was my one visit to New York. But I've been to New England. Wait, when we, New York, New York, like New York City, New York, or like New York, New York, the casino in Vegas? Both, baby. <laughs> no, New York City. Uh, we got to stop there. We had a day off. It was like we were staying in Jersey and uh, they were like, we would have days off every now and then because we would go like 12 hours a day every day. <laughs> and they made that like a special thing. Like, all right, we're going to New York. Everyone get on the bus in the morning and you're going to meet us at the buses at this time. At the end of the day, that was fun. But I did technically go to New England. We had a show in Massachusetts uh, outside of Boston. But like you drove in from New York because everything's a little closer there. You know, you drove right. into New York. And I like I remember it was like got off at like this college. We practiced in the lot, performed and then got on the bus and went back out of Massachusetts. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Didn't really get to see that. I never got to do Massachusetts. I, I went on a, uh, I went on a class trip. I think it was in middle school. And we did like, we did a good chunk of the Eastern seaboard, but like the big focuses were DC and New York city. Hmm. And it was a fun time, but there was like, I definitely came back from the trip thinking like, man, I wish we would have spent more time just exploring the rest of it. Yeah. It, it's a tough thing though, because like exploring, I'd, I'd love to do oh, a week on these and see something different every day. But it's like, I more appreciate living in the, like right. being there and just experiencing it day after yeah. day after day. Well, that was what was exciting about New York was like, we got four days there and there was 
I think a full day where really it was just they kind of dropped us off in like Times Square and we got to screw around in Times Square for a little bit. And then they took us all to Central Park and we got to screw around over there. That's cool. But like like DC was all educational. And then like the other three days in New York were all educational and tours and yeah. Like the least educational thing we did other than that day in New York was the Empire State Building. I didn't do that when I was there. Uh, that would have been fun. I we went. What, the big thing I wanted to do when we were there, I was like, we have to get New York. Me and all of my friends, like, we got to get New York pizza, real New York pizza. And so we were like, so we had some vets in this group, and they were like, ah, well, we'll get some New York pizza all together. Let's go together. Like, okay. And they took us to this like Italian joint, and we're like, all right, cool. And then they ordered pizza, and it was like, like this is good, but this is like an Italian restaurant pizza. You know what I mean? Like you wanted I wanted to go to like the guy with the cart slice, on the street. Yeah. yeah. I wanted that New York pizza. Um, so that didn't happen. And then we, we were like, oh, I want to see as much as we can. Cause we were only there for like that was, you know, 10 hours or whatever it was. So it's funny. The same thing happened to me and my friends. Cause same thing. We were just like, all right, we've got a free day in New York. We're yeah. going to go get some New York pizza. And there was not like wherever we were, I just, we didn't find a pizza place at all yeah the closest thing i got was i went and i bought a hot dog off a cart i did that too and i remember i was all excited it was, and was a like, solid hot dog oh really i got one and i was like oh this is but like this is just a hot dog but like you can get <laughs> you can get street dogs here yeah it's not that special yeah. <laughs> it's not that it's still a hot dog you're like yeah. oh yeah it's just Actually, it's a hot dog if anything street dogs here are better yeah well maybe i only had the one so i can't really compare i did i, I had it like near ground zero I, I saw Ground Zero when we were out there. I, I, I think that might have been where I yeah, went. Yeah, like some too. like touristy one off Ground Zero. We told I told I think I told a vet and I was like, Yeah, we got it though. Where'd you get it? I was like, Ground Zero. And he was like, What? No. <laughs> you know, like no, no, that's not where you the same thing happened when we went to Paris. We were like, uh, one of our first days, oh God, what did we order? One of our first days, we were like, all right, we're gonna go to the Eiffel Tower in the morning and then we'll meet our family members at this uh restaurant. That was like nearby. It was like the Rose or whatever. It was like literally walking distance, very touristy area, right? Mm-hmm. And we go in and we're like, all right, we'll get some cappuccinos and and get some uh uh get some like uh crepes or whatever, you know, like some food or whatever for morning or whatever. And it sucked. Like the food is like, oh, it's it's all right. It's not that exciting. And uh w- when our family that lived there showed up finally, they were like. But we were like, ah, oh, it's all right. Like, yeah, no, you, you shouldn't be eating here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this is like the most touristy place ever. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. When you go and you know, one of the locals and yeah, to take yeah. you to a spot Because like, they were living in the, I don't remember which district it was, but it was like the little Italy part of Paris. Mm-hmm. And so like, we had some bomb Italian food oh, I can imagine. over there, like, and different. Cause it's like more Mediterranean italian food right so that was kind of cool like i had this uh one of the first nights we were there they took me out uh, like bruschetta then right yeah a lot more bruschetta i had but i like the first night i had like a salmon salmon pasta salmon pasta of some like i don't know how to explain it it was like this dish and i was like what is this and and my my brother-in-law was like well it's like you know salmon and it's like a pasta but i was like okay and it blew my mind. It was so good. Was it like a scampi? Is it scampi without shrimp? Uh, it was like a scampi. Okay, with salmon. Like with you know, it's weird. That is, sounds good. I, uh, one of the that was good. 
Then another day, because I was like, the salmon, you're great or whatever. We went to a grocery store because we needed food and we were on our own for a day. And I bought a sandwich there that was like, oh, a salmon sandwich. It was like smoked strips of salmon on it, like whatever. Like, okay, cool. And I like ate it and I'm like, this is delicious. Halfway through, I was like, this isn't delicious. Like I had to stop eating it. It was making me nasty. And then the second time we went there, mind you, we were like 25 hours without sleep or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like we were waiting to get into our Airbnb because it wasn't ready yet. And before it was ready, they took us to some food and it's like 11 a.m. in Paris or whatever, but we had been up, you know, for like 25 Mm. hours and we're like sick to our stomachs exhausted. And I ordered the same thing. I found like a a salmon and egg dish. There's Uh just salmon everywhere. And it was delicious. Then halfway through, I was like, it's it's not delicious anymore. (laughs) I feel like there is such a thing as too much salmon. Yeah, I guess so. A lot of fish. There's there is such a thing. I've only really had it like salmon steaks, like we do it here. You know. Yeah. So all these different ways to have it. I was like, cool. I'm excited. But then it wasn't. You know. Ah, speaking of salmon, there is also salmon jerky. Oh yeah, I know there's a ton of different jerkies. I don't know why I didn't think bacon before. It's like I I stopped at like Bravo Farms on Uh like the five going down like, and they've got all this exotic jerky. You can get like alligator jerky and like I've had alligator jerky. Yeah, it's pretty solid. All kinds of stuff. Pretty uh, cool. Honestly, one of my favorites, and this is one that I've still only ever been able to get homemade from people, is deer jerky. Oh yeah, deer jerky, deer jerky is, is always something the best. else. I had, when we were out in Texas, when I was like seventeen, visiting family, they were like, "Want some deer jerky?" And I was like, "What?" And they gave me some, and I was like, "What?" It was good. <laughs> I feel like. Venison in general is just better because you can't buy it at the store. Yeah. You have to either hunt it yourself or get it from somebody who did. It's gamey. It's 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 good though. I, deer, I feel like I can usually well, like, eat. Like backstraps, that's that's what you want to get. Because that's that's like the tenderloin of a deer. What what do you how do you feel about uh bison? I like bison. I like whenever every I, now and then I get like bison meat for like burgers. It's probably the closest like game meat to beef. Yeah. Because I can eat it. Um, I can just eat, keep eating. There's some things like... But like like ground bison for sure is like... It's just it's lean hamburger meat with a slightly different flavor. Hmm. I, have I, a, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I have a back and forth kind of relationship with duck. Like, I it, like it. It's good in some things and it's not good in well, others. Well, every time I've had it, I like it in the same way with salmon. Like, I like it for the first handful of bites. And then even because it's small, it's a little thick and gamey, right? Like a little tough, but like I just can't ever finish it. It's too yeah. rich, you know. Like, that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I could I could even, see people even when surviving you stuff a chicken it. into it and then stuff it into a turkey. Uh, that helps. Sure, <laughs> you get layers of flavor there. Yeah, <laughs> I like to hard boil an egg and stick that in the duck before I put it in the chicken. Wait, do you put the duck in the chicken or the chicken in the duck? <laughs> no, you put the duck in. I think you put the chicken in the duck, dude. Ducks are bigger than chickens. No. What? Yeah. Ducks are bigger than chickens. Uh, you haven't had that much whiskey, bro. <laughs> I am pretty positive. I like. I guess I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you put the chicken into the duck. Let's see. Turducken order. Is that a thing? Uh-oh, I just got rid of mine. <laughs> Um, look, it's like you can buy a whole hen at the grocery store. They're not that big. 
I don't know. I, I, I mean, a hen, yeah. Like if you get a, like a, like a Cornish that's a thing. Game a Cornish hen. game hen's gonna be small. I think it was like the chicken because I, I mean, chickens like, and I've had duck like where it's pretty small. I always assumed I, it was tur- it was duck then chicken. What if what order you stuff a Cornish game hen into a duck and then stuff that duck into a regular sized chicken and then stuff that into a turkey? A turk and duckin. You're forgetting the hard boiled egg. <laughs> and the hard boiled egg into the turkey <laughs> or Cornish game hen. <laughs> turducken for sale. Buy a turducken. Okay, that's not what I Googled. A turk and duckin egg. Here we go. Let's go to the wiki. <laughs> debone chicken stuffed into a debone duck. You're right. And then stuffed into a turkey. <laughs> I did not realize that. Interesting. Deboned, that's probably a big part of the reason. Oh, I'm sure. Because a chicken is... Chicken's a lot of bone. A lot of hollow. That's why I assumed it was the duck stuck in, stuffed into the chicken. You know, like, chickens seem bigger. Like, because chickens are pretty plump. Mm. But I think just overall size, ducks got them big. Um, my sister had a boyfriend for a while. Well, we've said his name, Chad, um, who was a duck hunter, right? Yep. And... uh so he would bring duck around and cook it up and all that stuff. So that's like, I, was I remember all that. That was when I still lived yeah. here. Yeah. So I, I dug it. But again, I just like halfway through a duck, I'm like, I'm just done. Anyways, one time, because uh, he was a duck hunter, um, we, I feel like I should put it out there that one of the things living in the county here is like your your grandparents, end up, they're, they're allowed to like hunt rodents and stuff like that. Yeah, there's kind of special permissions for like, uh, varmints. Yeah. The question is, do pigeons count as a varmint? I believe so. Okay, good. Then I can tell the story. Um, I could be wrong, but like, <laughs> oh, you guys don't know where yeah, we live. Yeah, yeah. Well, so y- you guys have a good general idea, from but like what five of you know where we live. <laughs> a lot of the, the rodents that are like, especially uh, create threats to like the squirrels and stuff. And oh, like shit. The one, of our listeners, a co- one of our listeners is a cop. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> oh, I think this falls under fish and game. We're good. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, um, so your grandfather had in the old barn, I think, no, 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 this is a new barn. He had a bunch of pigeons, like more than usual, oh, just yeah. flocks. And they were just crapping all over the hay and like everything. And he was getting irritated. And one day he was talking to chat about duck hunting. And he was like, can you, deal with some of these pigeons for me? Cause like, there's nothing else I can do or whatever. Do you remember this? Please tell me Chad didn't shoot the barn. He didn't shoot the barn. He, uh, I went down there and we did it together. Please tell me, please tell me he didn't shoot one of the horses. No, 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 <laughs> okay. no, no not where this is going. Um, I love how I've heard more about the barn. <laughs> no, no, your, your grandfather like cleared out the, the corral and, uh, he went down there and parked it in the, um, in the corral and he had me go into the barn and just start throwing like rocks up to like to get the mm-hmm. right. pigeons out right and so the pigeons like they're flocking out and he just started taking them out with a shotgun right and and knocking a bunch down which felt weird for me as someone that's not wasn't used to but did it look all super hunting. majestic when all the pigeons were flying out oh yeah all? absolutely because i i just recently learned pigeons are just doves with different colored feathers yeah uh a so pigeon gotta, is like, what it sounds like when i have a lot more cry. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot more respect for pigeons now that I know that they're do- or is it less respect for doves? I don't know. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> well, he um, he so he shot a couple of them, but because 
he's the kind of guy that he was. You know what kind of guy he yes. was. Uh, he decided that oh, those, don't get me started. Those can't go to waste. <laughs> so he collected all of them and put them in a uh, in gallon bags. I do remember this. And put them in our freezer. I remember <laughs> him. I think I helped him put them in your freezer. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, oh, cool. You got them. That's helpful. Like, why, why are you collecting them? <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, that's good meat. We're going to eat. We're going to cook them. Like, um, and then he just like, I think he even like chopped the heads off and then put them in the freezer, um, like stuffed them all in. And then they ended up kind of hiding in the back. And then it was like, th- then nothing happened with them. And dude, I remember. How, <laughs> so this was when I lived in Livermore. I remember coming back after like a year of being in Montana and there were still frozen pigeons in your freezer. That's what I was getting at, dude. We, he like him and, and my sister eventually like went their different ways. My sister moved out but of the state. the pigeons remained. But yeah, the pigeons were still in the freezer and, and I, they got a couple of them gotten tossed out over the, cause there was a handful. Right. And then like after she had moved to Oregon and me and Chelsea were in the house by ourselves with our kid now, we're like clearing out the freezer, getting everything kind of organized. And sure enough, Chelsea pulled out a dead pigeon with no head <laughs> frozen out of the freezer. Yeah, that was a fun day. What do I feel like that could be a saying for like, like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like <laughs> <laughs> they were still pigeons in the freezer. <laughs> pigeon in the freezer. Chad was never forgotten. <laughs> uh, that guy certainly made an impact in our oh, for in sure. all of our lives. It's funny. I like I like that our family's so friendly uh, with people, though. Oh yeah, we absolutely. totally embrace people. And like every he new was, person that we yeah. bring around is just immediately part of the family. Yeah, and 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 so much so that everyone I mean, has memories of even people that have left. The even family. people that nobody have met, like nobody in the family has met, like a certain person who we've decided we're on strike from. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll call him RJ for co- that's code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, no, exactly. Obviously, our family is like obsessed with Jr. They think it's hilarious. <laughs> now everyone thinks he rules. <laughs> he loves the Ross Angeles thing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jonathan Ross Angeles. I do too. <laughs> that was pretty clever. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, Mikey almost believed us. <laughs> That's great. Uh, um, you know what I heard today? What? I don't know if you heard this. It's in the news. Um, Tony Hawk is selling skateboards that have his blood in them. Really? That's correct. Like, remember when Lil Nas X I was going to say, didn't Lil Nas X do that with the sneakers? Like, yeah, I think they were Nike or whatever. He, like, added a drop of his blood to them or whatever and then sold them. Uh, apparently Tony Hawk's doing that now. I kind of want one cause I want to know if it infuses the skateboard with powers. You know what I'm saying? You mean like, what was that old movie? The kid like found an old pair of Michael Jordan's shoes. Oh yeah. Like Mike, and he all of a sudden got good at basketball. Yeah. It? I think like that's Mike? it. Yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was Woody Harrelson and he found some, uh, everyone was like, you can't jump. And then he found these little, um, Nike, uh, these uh, Air Jordans that used to belong to Michael Jordan, and then he could jump. That's that's, that's right, right, right? And then he found a he found a genie too? played by Shaq, who uh, <laughs> <laughs> granted him a wish to uh, play with Bugs Bunny in a basketball game. Ah, that all Boom. sounds about right. Yeah. Boom. Now and was this 
Was this uh, sexy Lola Bunny or was this tame Lola Bunny in this movie? Sexy or sporty, you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was sexy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's, I could not believe the outrage over that. Like, I know this is kind of old news now. Yeah. But, like... I know I didn't care. Yeah, wh- why are you really so attached care. to that anyway? I was, she's, I was she's... more outraged that they were remaking <laughs> Space Jam. Yeah, like and, that, and no offense, I'm not a basketball fan, but to me, not a basketball fan before either. I knew Michael Jordan was like the goat, and yeah. like I don't, I know LeBron's well, that's like famous up for debate but, now. Yeah, I don't know. Le- that. LeBron's kind of like in contention for the goat. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, which see, is in my mind, it just he's. But I feel like everything up to this point is still like you're trying to fill Michael Jordan's yeah, shoes. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I just heard today. Uh, call back. Oh, nice. <laughs> I just heard today like there's talk and they're trying to make a, a remake of Fresh is LeBron Prince. LeBron James the guy from that movie? From Space Jam 2? Like Mike. Oh. Because he's trying to uh, fill Michael Jordan's shoes. No, it was Woody Harrelson. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, well, no, yeah, but that it was, was a buddy movie, and <laughs> <laughs> now there's talk of remaking uh, Fresh Prince, dude. I heard about that. Uh, Isn't like first there were talks of like Will Smith being the Uncle Phil character. I don't care. And then I there just, were like I, talks about Jaden Smith is I'm gonna be Will so Smith. Yeah. over the remakes. Right? I'm so over it. Why are we not creating? Go- I mean, we are. There is good original content. A lot of it is things like Dune or Game yeah. of Thrones, stuff that was like great books turning like, but. Well, even Dune is a remake, though. That's the problem. Yeah, technically. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we remaking stuff that wasn't good to be good? Right? You know what I mean? Rather than just remaking good like shit. The like Godfather Part 3. <laughs> don't don't remake the first two just remake the third one yeah well it's just the let's milking. get scorsese on this it's like the girl meets world and <laughs> and like uh what was the other one there's been so many like i tried to watch fuller that. house fuller house yeah I'm um like, i've watched them i have it it's just not oh there's the, no appeal there at no, all no it's it just feels like they're trying to milk any little drop from the original fame. Oh, they absolutely are. And it's like, I know they're, it's like, okay, there's a nostalgic fun and bringing back these old characters. So like, but it's like, that's not what it is. It's so much easier. Like, I don't know. I guess fuller house. It's like, okay, it's a new generation, new family and these other characters. But I'm, I, mean, I feel the like girl meets world is kind of the same thing. It's, you know, it's Corey all grown up and, yeah. Corey and Topanga's kids, but, I don't give a shit about my their kids. thing is like, if you're going to kind of reenter that world, why be so direct? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you be Dude, like, okay, make something in that universe yeah. and then like reference it. Like, so perfect example, me and Bailey stumbled across and have been watching raising hope. Okay. Which, um, it's, it's made by the creators of my name is Earl. Mm-hmm. It is a completely separate property. But they like they make it known that it's the same, same universe. universe. That's and, cool. Well, that's, uh, that's you know, and and they like they make it known it's a, it's very similar stylistically to it. So the whole thing is it's a it's a poor family, uh, two parents who were teen parents, then their kid grows up to become a single dad, and they're just struggling okay. to get by. That's the. But it's it's very much in that my name is Earl Vane with okay. their humor and the shenanigans they get up to. Um, I I would much rather prefer like if they're gonna remake uh, Boy Meets World, right? Like 
I think it's, I mean, and, and that was one of the first ones. So I kind of get the mistake, but like, doesn't it seem like it'd be more entertaining to like follow, follow like one of the side characters. Well, I was gonna say, not even somebody. that side character, like Sean. Yeah. Like his kid. It's like, he's raising a kid as a single dad. Like that show used to be real. Not like this heart. I mean, it was a heartfelt family lessons thing, but it was real. Sean right. was the it, friend that had it wasn't, a messed up family situation you it know? wasn't like, this modern day disney bullshit yeah it was uh i mean it was still it was still, still disney. disney cheesy well although it, it at one point didn't it have to switch over to abc because they grew up and they had to like yeah. be more adult with it yeah they were co- college and it stuff was more like that. of like a teen drama That's what i'm that saying point. that one went so far you could you could return to that and do an older shot and he's don't put him in the same town. Don't put his kids in the same, like, yeah, put it in a situation. Like, hey, well, he's, he's trying his best. He had to relocate. You know what I mean? He's still friends with Corey, but he had to relocate. Now he's living in a different state, raising his, his daughter on his own and dealing with the issues of the modern day. You know what I mean? Didn't they like, try that with friends though? And it kind of flopped. Uh, with Joey, yeah, mm-hmm. but then they do that like a year after it canceled. Yeah, no, that was like a that was directly <laughs> like, after. And and they, basically, they continued the situation. Show. <laughs> if it's like okay, these guys, you followed them until they were like nineteen, I guess. But now it's been like twenty five yeah, years. Yeah, give me thirty five year old. Yeah, Sean. he's got a teenage daughter. Not this like Corey and Topanga and their kids, and it's perfect. And look, Corey's now Mr. Feeny, and I'm like, and hey, look, just, all the kids care. are getting up to the same shenanigans that you saw, yeah. but like it's way more sanitized. Like why? Can't, and don't get me wrong, because the thing is, you learned hard lessons in that show, which is why it was great. Like Sean raising a, a teenage daughter that goes through some shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a friend of hers was experimenting with like hard drugs. You know what I mean? And she's yeah. like having trouble coming to terms with it. What do I do? How do I help her? What, you know what I mean? And like the way Boy Meets World originally was like they, they handled these complex situations with the complexity there. They were not, a, they were willing to, they weren't, wouldn't just shy away from the complexity and go, Oh, that's bad. That's bad. It was, it was conversations about, Oh, well everyone, you know, this is a unique situation. Everyone has a different thing. Well, and, and the this way was, we all, this kinda... was the way that kids shows work. Cause like full house and fresh Prince, fresh Prince dealt with a lot of it that got shit. heavy. Yeah. Didn't will get shot at one point. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like that was real. They dealt with racism on a regular basis. They, you know, yeah. they dealt with like, uh, one of, I remember there was a whole big like, thing. One of the younger sisters was racism. getting pressured to like have sex at like 12 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were, they dealt with they real dealt, shit, but it was still a kid. It was still marketed towards kids and young teens. And well, and it was a comedy. They did a great job. But with like, it. think of the premise. Will, Will was a troubled youth with no father in his life. You know what I mean? Like he was in a bad familial situation and he was getting so bad that his, Mom sent him to live with, was it her? I forget if Phil was her brother or her brother-in-law. I think, I thought Aunt Viv was her sister. That, I think you're right. So Viv was her sister. So she sent like, and and they took him in and he went to live with this family that was more. Kind of messed up that she decided they, to just trade her sister <laughs> in halfway through the show. But, you know, we won't get into that. <laughs> but a more co- it was like a more cohesive family unit. He was able to learn things and uh, through the lens of multiple people and how they dealt with it you know what i mean and having a support system right you know what i mean and it 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 was awesome that's what made it so great because well, he was dealing with real shit and same thing with that like if you're gonna do that show pick like pick one of the other siblings yeah right? why not pick, yeah who, who's the oldest sister it was uh i don't remember the character's name it's been so long since i've watched oh, the show God, it's right on the 
Isn't it like Vanessa, Vanessa or something? I was just going to say Vanessa. I think it is. Yeah. Show me, like, where's Vanessa at 20 years later? She's a weather girl, bae. Remember? No? no. I think she was a weather girl at the end there. No, uh, I, I, that's well, a yeah, good question. Where was she at? 20 she years later, she's not one. still a weather girl. But she went through some hard stuff, too. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'd be interested. Do you remember um, Smart Guy? Vaguely. Oh, I used to like that show. That was um, one of the Maori kids, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The younger brother. Yeah. I really remember, like, Tia and Tamara. And, I love like, Sister, Sister. Sister, Sister. Yep. Uh, I that used to watch that show. show. Yeah, all the time. I think back to the premise sometimes. Not the premise, because I get it, but I love, I think back to the fact that their dad was a limo driver. <laughs> and I can't, like, thinking back, it was so normal by the time I think back, it was like, what an obscure job that the dad had. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, which, it, like, I loved it. It's great. It worked out perfectly, but it's like, when well, I, we write all the time and like thinking of a job that someone might have and how it interplays with their character. That is a very off the wall thing. Like, yeah. What blew me away. Cause I remember, I grew up watching full house. I actually being a little bit younger, full house was a little bit before my time. A yeah. lot of my full house. I got spending I nights at uncle fresh. Mike's house when you guys were in town. Rewatching. You know, yeah, you yeah. guys throw on Nick at night and we'd watch reruns. Yeah. But um, Bailey and I actually went back and watched it not that long ago. And I can, like, I remember Danny Tanner was a news host, but like, I just, I completely forgot. Like, they all just worked as entertainers in San Francisco. Yeah. That was their whole thing. And it was just like a news anchor, yeah, a, a comedian, yeah, and, and a, a rock musician. Star. Yeah. yeah. And at one point, they started a production company together. Yeah. <laughs> that's too funny. That's, Do you, okay. That's going to us. Nick at night stuff. And one of them was a father of three. Oh. <laughs> Are you saying that you and Mikey need to move in and we need to all do this together? Yes. You're going to help me raise my kids? <laughs> um, the Rugrats. The Rugrats' parents were our age. Oh, dude, don't do this to me. Yeah. Don't do this to me. Yeah. I think <laughs> Stu and Dee were supposed to be like 30. Well, I guess you're a little younger, but yeah. Also, some, I was rewatching some of it recently. Like, they, they were terrible parents. Yes. The, the amount of times these children were off on their own without any parental <laughs> supervision in like hardware stores. <laughs> well, like, I mean, <laughs> considering the kids didn't actually exist. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you had to the do fan that. theory about how they all died in one way or another, and that was just they were all figments of the parents' imaginations. Yeah, I've you seen heard that. About that. Yeah, such a dark turn for one of my favorite shows growing up to take, dude. I think about, <laughs> okay, think about this. Speaking of parents, like how things have changed because nowadays you can't be maybe the news anchor on a big show has a house in San Francisco, but like the Rugrats, Dee Dee, I believe was a homemaker. She was always home. She watched all the kids for yeah. all the neighbors. And Stu was an inventor who rarely seemed to sell stuff. A struggling inventor. Yeah, yeah. A struggling inventor. And they had a house, like a house. A big house. It had a basement. It had a basement. Like full-blown basement nice workshop. Yeah. We don't know how many bedrooms, I suppose. But still, like, yeah, they had a, they were able to afford out. kind of shows the difference in the 90s, huh? Well, that's, that's the same thing with, like, Friends, Seinfeld, How I Met Your Mother, they all have huge apartments. Yeah. And they all have shit jobs. Yeah. Every single one. I'm pretty sure in Seinfeld, like, did any of them really have a high-paying job at well, all? George did eventually. Didn't he work yeah. for, like, high up at the Yankees? 
I don't know. It's been forever since I've watched Seinfeld, too. I can't remember. But, like, yeah, Jerry was a club comic. Club comics yeah. don't make that much money. And Trust then, me, I wish they did. Kramer was constantly <laughs> coming up with schemes. Yeah, the, uh, dude, the dude was just a grifter. That was what he did. Newman, their neighbor, was a mailman. <laughs> I've never seen a mailman that uh, like, has what a good-sized apartment. George worked for the Yankees for several years. Um, that's where that meme with him holding the baseball bat comes from. I always thought that came from, I don't know why this one episode always stuck with me, but it was the episode where George finally gave up on trying to get laid. Oh, was and it? And so he just, all of a sudden, like, it was like limitless, but <laughs> George Costanza. And he was like, he had figured out the perfect swing. That oh, was a home maybe. run every that time. That sounds familiar. <laughs> And God, so he I just watched that in he so long. worked his way onto the Yankees field so he could show them all how to hit the ball. <laughs> um, I had a friend. I I don't know why this stuck out to me, but when I was marching drum corps, we stayed at this dude's house, and he lived in uh, he lived in Montebello in Los Angeles, but he was right on the edge of East LA, right mm-hmm. where they come kind of come together. So like like a block away was like the houses with the chain link front. And, dudes walking with bulldogs <laughs> you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um and uh, so it was, i don't want to say it was ghetto because his neighborhood was nice but it was you know you heard it was close enough that you heard gunshots at night we stayed there for like a month when we were practicing and living yeah. in la and uh this is the area i think i've told you before like he took us to get tacos but like we stay in the car they won't serve <laughs> you if they see you like, and they don't speak english so like, like okay but this dude loved seinfeld and I th- it cracked me up because, like, even at that time, it was 2008, it was an old show. And this yeah. dude was, like, I think a senior or just graduated. So he was, like, 17, 18 years old. And we would wake up in the morning. And I watched it when I was younger with my dad or whatever, like, care a little bit. And, like, but we would just be eating. And this dude was so serious. He almost never laughed. Like, he was always at practice. We, me and the other quad drummer were cracking jokes, saying, stu- like, stupid crap all the time. And he'd just be, like, straight face, like, that's not funny. Like just totally like mm. we'd be like, okay, dude, like <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? But every morning we'd be eating breakfast at the at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, I guess, whatever, same table. Um, and he'd be playing Seinfeld. Turn oh, Seinfeld same table, off. I guess it's not that nice of a neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he'd be watching it and just laughing his ass off. And I thought it was so funny because he was a sp- Hispanic guy, right? Yeah. Like his family was. I mean, more Hispanic than mine. They were full-blooded, right? So, and, and full Spanish, fully in the culture and all that stuff. So it was super fun. Um, it's one of the sweetest families I've ever met. You know what I mean? And it was just so funny because his family was so kind and lighthearted. He was always so serious. He ended up marching freaking uh, snare drum at Vanguard, which is a huge feat. This dude was an incredible drummer. Remember that year I got like fifth place in uh, my solos? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? The yes, I, I remember that, but I don't know that we've actually talked about that. We should what? probably, you know, give you a little praise on Mike. Because that was like fifth place in the world. Yeah, year, right? it was uh, DCI. So DCI has, at the end of the season, they do, um, what's it called? Uh, I&E. So it's like independent ensemble performances. So all the different drum corps drummers and stuff can enter into these separate, but like part of DCI kind of. Uh, competition where you could present a solo or an ensemble piece, like multiple people. And uh, 
you all compete. It's like everyone, you represent your core that you're part of, but you're all competing as yourself. Right. Um, and so I, I, I say it, it, yeah, like, so I got fifth place and this was a world competition. Mind you, world DCI, it's a lot like football where <laughs> when you say world, I was going to say not a lot of other countries are doing. There are some. I was going to say baseball where like the world series is America and then like two cities in Canada, but like, well, it's that's still- not true. Well, yeah, that's in the world series, but there's like, it's more like football in the sense of like, at least there's like in Cor- North Korea, is it North Korea? No, like the Dominican Republic and Korea, like they play baseball, J- Japan, you know, like, but in DCI, I mean, we've got there's Canada and the EU <laughs> for football. Yeah. For really? There is uh so there's a European football league and a Canadian football league. So it's probably just I like mean, DCI then. But they're all basically minor league compared to the NFL. So it's like DCI. There's yeah. like one or two like drum corps out there and some years they would come and compete in the US and all that stuff. But so when I say it's when they say it's world, keep that in mind. Right. And then also it's a niche. So it's not like of all drummers, it's of all drummers playing my multi-drums you know what i mean right. on the quad so uh, and of that there was probably only it's been so long because this was like 2008 i think so this there was probably only like two or three dozen people actually because i mean the course select right. who they're going to put up there and all that stuff so only like, like two or three dozen maybe even less than that in total that competed that i competed against now the top three was um i think all blue devils which is one of the top cores with one of the most impressive drum lines in the world. No (laughs) blue devils. Actually, ironically, they are based out of Concord. They are not far from us here. Really? Yeah. They're one of the top. They have, I think that I've been out of the game for a few years, but when I left drum court, they had the most, uh, championship wins of any core. Amador high in Pleasanton also has a pretty, and they feed core too, right? Well, marching band, but yeah, they feed in, See, uh, in this fact, is how host, ignorant I am that I yeah, think it's all the same thing. I believe they host a drum corps show there every year. When I was living up here, I would go vi- go see people I knew. Well, and they like regular, regularly march in like the Rose Parade and shit too, oh, yeah. right? No, they're a big uh, – Northern California does not have a lot of big marching bands. SoCal has – in LA, San Diego here is a lot more. Up here, we've there's still some. Ironically, I mean two of the biggest drum corps are up here. And they teach a lot. So th- there is a lot. I shouldn't say that. Where we're at, it mm-hmm. happens to be Amador Valleys is one of the big ones. And then like all the other, like Livermore High, like a parade band. Dude, you Livermore know, High's like, got like a 10-person band and they have like a drummer. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I love that I went to Livermore High, but like my favorite school to play was Amador Valley. And I was loved to play at Amador Valley because you'd get their band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it was one of the, because like, that was that's always one of my big favorite game day memories is like specifically the drum corps would play a lot yeah at the games that's cool and so it was always fun playing somebody with a good drum corps because it was like do that, you mean that the got drum me line drum line okay whatever. yeah no so to, so to, again, to, to again, differentiate already, yeah the, I've so already specified I think it's all the same drum corps is a specific <laughs> professional level thing okay. right so drum corps if I guess I'll just give it a whole breakdown to you so drum corps uh, is Percussion and brass. There's really? no so, woodwinds. So there's no clarinet, saxophones, anything like and color guard. There is color guard. So you've got So a, you're like drumline so and you're then like you've got, two string instruments away from being ska. Uh, you don't usually have string either. You have maybe a bass guitar. You can have some guitarists and string players in the pit. 
but marching wise, you're going to have a drum line, snares, quads, bass drums, occasionally cymbal players. And then you're going to have horn lines, which is going to be, you know, tubas, euphoniums, trumpets, tr- no trombones. It's all uh, How's a euphonium, a baritone. It's like the mini tubas. Okay. Oh, you're quoting the, <laughs> the script that we never made. Um, it's, that's well, funny. I mean, that's because that's why I wrote that it. script. Nobody knows what the hell a <laughs> no euphonium is. <laughs> there's a mellophone, which is even the same kind of thing, but a mellophone is essentially a French horn. Okay. Converted for, for marching. Um, Wait, are, it's, is a French horn not suited for marching? It feels like a handheld <laughs> thing. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it doesn't project if you're playing backwards away from the audience when you're in a giant stadium. Do so, you play it backwards? I have no knowledge of any yeah, of this. So like, I've French tried to horn, learn guitar a couple you, times, and that's that's all my musical the experience. The French horn is the rounded <laughs> one with the, the right. mouthpiece coming right. out one side and the horn going the other. And if you notice, they're kind of U-shaped. Horn and, and mouthpiece are kind of going out like that, right? The reason being is the mouthpiece goes at your mouth, and then you actually, uh, for tuning and control, you actually insert your hand into the horn bell. Um, and then it you, seems counterintuitive. I, I don't remember all the specifics to it. I, I played French horn for like two and a half years. I know I have the picture. Yeah. It's, it's actually on my TikTok. Yeah. But there was, it, it's, it has to do with the res French horn's a beautiful instrument, but it's a hard instrument to master. Uh, it's so I've heard it in, in so general. Pretty. I have so much respect for musicians just because again, I've tried to learn just guitar a couple times. And I am, <laughs> bad at it <laughs> to, to be fair it's, it's different guitar and horns it, it, drums are completely different and that's why like a yes, lot of musicians would be like i would be bad at horns and drums too yeah maybe just I, I i try the steering wheel drumming and i can't even do that <laughs> Dude, I think, okay i was a drum te- marching teacher in particular for years i bet i could teach you to drum some of the kids i've had to teach to drum I maybe bet I you should because i've always been jealous <laughs> of my friends with musical talent well to be fair like what i know how to teach though doesn't translate to drum set it's all rudiments like marching snare and stuff like that that being said drumming it's all about knowing how to rebound the stick which sounds counterintuitive because it sounds, seems like it's just about hitting the drum it's not it's about no, rebounding no, the stick that makes See, that makes sense because I've, I've watched people drum and I've noticed that. Like, yeah. Like, it seems to be a lot more in how quickly can you get the stick back up and back down. Yeah. And it's, so that's all about your fulcrum. And how and much control do you have? Exactly. In that. And the, the control is actually understanding how the stick works and just reacting to it. Right. And that's why you're able to see drummers just go like, you know, like that kind of like double stroke. You can see them where it kind of looks funky. That's all about. Uh, just this like subtle pinch in the rebound and then you, you control it and you kind of eventually get better at it and more control over mm-hmm. it. And before you know it, you're just doing these little like fast. I mean, really all I've ever wanted to learn is how to do like the twirl and the stick thing that all the drummers do. Oh, I can teach you that. <laughs> <laughs> like that just, it looks so cool. Uh, and I just, I can't do it. <laughs> horns. I have a lot of respect for horn players because the breath control, maybe because I'm asthmatic, I always had trouble with it. Um, but the breath control is, insane like i have a buddy uh richard who plays tuba he marched with blue devil he's got a freaking championship ring uh, but i marched <laughs> with him uh one year and then we've like taught we've been in, in and out of each other's lives a lot um i love him to death but he played the contra and i don't know if you see in drum corps that tuba doesn't sit on your lap it goes over your shoulder interesting everyone's seen the tuba the sousaphones that kind of wrap around you i, I was um, that's always what comes to mind for me when i think tuba i know that's not all tubas yeah. are because 
Again, my high school had a marching band. Our tuba player did not have the one that wraps around them. But he had it on his shoulder or he held it? He held it. Like oh, it was God, a, I've seen that too. That sucks. Um, but on, like the, e- even it. knowing that that's not what all tubas are, that's still what I imagine when I think tuba. Um, Just I think that's that's what you see in like media the most for whatever reason. Yeah, um, I don't know why. It's like iconic look or something. That's got to be it. I mean, it do, it makes it look like that much more complex of an instrument than like a regular tuba. Oh, okay. There you go. So they put it so on it their shoulder. Like, so it looks like a giant trombone, but without the little like. Wow. Okay, thing. sure. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I Again, you're talking to a guy with like no Is authority this to talk Is about this music at all. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's the more traditional thing. Um <laughs> The way they do it on the shoulder now because it allows a lot more movement. And drum corps and stuff, obviously, we're marching. So you that have to show you some sense. drum corps video. We should have a drum corps episode one time where we should get Lauren up here and she could just school us. We can make you watch, you and me watch a bunch of like <laughs> the greatest drum corps and then just talk about it. She's freaking has a mind for this stuff. It's great. But um, I'd be down. I think like, like I talked with JR um uh, programming and stuff has always fascinated me because that level of like math and science is just beyond what I was good at in school. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like music, it's the same thing for me. Like I've tried and I can kind of do it, but I just, I have never crossed that threshold. And so I'm always impressed by people who have. Sure. And well, it, just, for it what fascinates me and I love learning about it. Music, it do, that never ends though with music. I had to kind of face that realization because I feel like I, I was always, I've been, I've been playing instruments since I was, God, how old was I? I was in sixth grade. So oh, how geez. old was I for that? 11? Your birthday, so I'm assuming 11. Yeah, so to, over to like 20 years, I've been playing music. The thing is, I feel like I, I feel like I suck at all of it. You know what I mean? Mm. But I, 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 I did all right in the INE competition. Like, you know, like, uh, I, getting back to that, I was going to tell you that stoic guy that loves Seinfeld. He's the one that beat me. My own <laughs> partner is the one that beat me uh, beyond these three like best in the world guys. Anyways, um, and he deserved to. It was a his. You should look it up. It, well, it, he was incredible. Uh, actually, if you want to see my I and E, I believe I'm still on the Promark Drumstick website. Um, I I'm pretty sure you can still find it on YouTube. Yeah, too. it's on YouTube too. Um, I, I, I think because I remember I went and watched it. I think I just looked up Matt Rodolfi drums. Yeah, I had a or couple Rodolfi rims in mine too. I was blown away that I did as well as I did because I hit a few rims. I practiced my ass off. Did it was cool tw- to watch that you had some flair with it. And yeah, I was trying to be funny. I was like 19, 18, dude. I was, yeah, of course. Um, that's, that's the perfect time to have flair. Did I tell you about the tornado <laughs> story huh. in regards? Okay. Speaking of my irony. So what we would do for that. All, all season while you're repping up to it, once you were selected and approved to be able to do it, you would start in your free time practicing your solo. And I would work with my coach a little bit on it here and there, and I would practice. And uh, we were in, oh, God, I think it, LaPorte, Indiana. Shout out LaPorte, Indiana. <laughs> we were staying at their fairgrounds, right? I said, LaPorte, I'm almost positive. And we had a laundry day every day. We'd have days off for visit, but right. then we'd have like a laundry day every week or two um, where 
half the day from practice would be canceled for half a day and you get on the bus and take your laundry and just everyone would be at the laundromat just taking over a laundromat right um and when you're doing INE, you'd have the option and all your free time so i'd practice like after rehearsal before the showers or whatever i could get a chance get up early go practice because you're working like 12 hour days or whatever um and this one day they we were in Laporte and they were like, we're going to go, the core is going to go laundry day. And I, I asked a friend like, can you, this is weird, but I and E's were coming up in a day or two. Like, can you, um, do my laundry so I can stay in practice? And they were like, sure. So they went and did it. You know, we're all very close. <laughs> At right. that point, it wasn't as awkward as that sounds now. No, no, no um, for sure. I get it, dude. I've, <coughs> So I mean, I, I've lived in a dorm room where I share like five laundry machines with oh, okay. 100 people. So, so I, I get it. I, uh, <laughs> I was outside and I'm practicing. I set up my drums and I'm outside practicing. And like an hour into my re- practicing on my own, it starts getting windy. I'm like, that's weird. It's getting really windy. And it's starting to get a little over, like not overcast, like dark kind of clouds in the sky. And suddenly I'm getting hit with these like, like, oh, what the hell? What's happening? And, um, my this there was like so there was like maybe two staff members that stayed with us and like one or two parents so it was like five of us from the entire core that are still there and I'm the only member and it's all these you know and then all of a sudden we're out there and I hear uh, one of them <laughs> fucking Bino I love this dude he was like the drum lines dad dude mm-hmm. you know that was designated to us and we were all like hanging out all the time and he comes out and he's like Matt what the hell are you doing I was like practicing you know it's all windy like he's like you gotta get inside like no i only have like an hour <laughs> left you know like there's a tornado dude it's like what <laughs> you know, like, what like yeah it's like looking and then the wind just keeps picking up and they're starting to get these swirls around you know like not like a tornado tornado right there but like you know the wind's really whipping shit around knocking right. stuff oh, yeah, over yeah, yeah. and uh I was like, okay, get in here. And we grab the drums. We go inside and he's, everyone's freaking out. And I'm like completely oblivious, you know, like what the hell? He's like, I'm telling you, because he used to live like in the Chicago area or something like that. Right. I think he used to live in uh, Illinois in this area, actually. And he was like, nah, it's a freaking tornado. It was, the, it was, I think, late July, whatever. And um, he just starts, he's like, everyone into the, as soon as he says it, we're all inside. Like, are you sure? And then you hear the tornado siren start going off. <laughs> you know, I was like, are you sure it's a tornado? Boo! Dude, those <laughs> sirens are a trip. Yeah, it's weird. That's like like where I lived in Montana was just into the Midwest. Uh-huh. And so like, I never actually got to see a funnel cloud, which I'm oddly a little bit disappointed by because I've heard they're awesome to look at. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, every summer we'd get – we The test, we, they do the test yeah, or whatever? they do the okay. test of the system and – there was one year we got the tornado warning and we had a nasty, nasty hailstorm and like really, really heavy winds, but okay. nothing ever came out of it. So I'm a little bit jealous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see much. We kind of like uh, there was a radio on like in a room that was locked. He was like, hey, everyone, we're like in this fairground. Like, what do we do? You know? Yeah. He's like, well, there's one hallway in here that's built to cinder blocks. So we all have to stand in the hallway. Yeah, no, so the closest I ever got was there was, we all got an alert on our phone saying that there was a chance of a tornado. So all we did was we just looked for it. Well, we went into the basement of our house, but uh, 
It was one of those base. Like, it was one of those houses that's kind of built into a hillside, uh-huh. so the basement's only really half underground, like a cabin. Yeah, so okay. we all just kind of like set up, and we all sat looking out the windows, like, "Are we going to see it? <laughs> Are we going to see it?" I, and I, then it never happened. <clears throat> so I, I got a little glimpse of it. It was pretty distant from us. <clears throat> I'm, I was remember thinking like, so we like popped our heads out because like a thing, and we finally saw, "Oh no, it's coming!" Like, in the distance, you kind of saw that, it, like it was like you know that big. It was like, and 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 Bino was like, okay, no, we're gonna be fine. It's way too far away. Like, we're we're we'll be fine. It's a little one or whatever. And I'm like, tornado. That's crazy, you know. Like, um, what blew but, me so away you, is how you, much you wind I got with, as far as I was. You were sheltering with musicians, right? Yes. Did uh, anyone? Well, st- no, it was me and Bino were the musicians. Everyone oh, okay. else was like moms. I was gonna say, did anyone start? Did it, somebody start playing? No, that would have been pretty funny. Because <laughs> that—that's where me and my sense of humor goes. Is I would immediately just start doing it <laughs> if I had any musical talent whatsoever. <laughs> we uh, this is the drum corps episode. Apparently, this same place that we stayed one morning. So <laughs> we did this thing in uh, when I was marching impulse where. Everyone kind of had like an on-field warm-up when you're in drum corps, right? Like you go on the field, you have like five minutes, I forget what the time is, to, to warm up your instruments, warm up your hands, right. then set up and start, right? And so most l- drum lines and horns would go to separate sides of the field and the drum line would all have our, you know, like when I marched in other, other cores and high school stuff, you'd have a separate thing you played like with a special name to kind of showcase yourself a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and Impulse was very... What's the word? It's like ba- not basic. That's not the word because that got me in trouble when I was auditioning because <laughs> it wasn't flashy, but it was the rudiments. This uh-huh. core, this drum line, and it was known for an open class core as being a pretty good drum line. And um, so it was all about the rudiments. So we decided he's like, they were talking about what do you guys want to do on that thing or whatever, whatever. And uh, we had been ticket around. We started doing this thing in the lot. We were warming up our last round of eights and eights, which is our basic exercise where you just go eight eight notes on one hand, then the other, just to start warming up and opening up your wrist and all that stuff. Right. Okay. And on the last one to get ourselves hyped, we called it, uh, I feel like that's about as far as I could go just with at a base level with drumming. Buddy, that's the start of it all. (laughs) If I was to take, take you aside and teach you to drum, it would start with eights and eights. That's, that's the complete (laughs) understanding of breakdown of velocity stroke happens right there. Anyways, that's neither Even here Even then, there. mine probably needs some work. <laughs> <laughs> so we did this thing we called Screamo 8s, where we would just, okay, in the last round of 8s, we would all scream at the top of our lungs for the entire warm-up. And it's just 8-bar warm-up, <laughs> 8 on each hand. And, um, and uh, Nico was like, well, what do you want to do? And we was like, well, we want to do something special. Like, can we, can we be dumb when we do our warm-up on the field? And he's like, what do you got in mind? And we're like, we had a great relationship with our coaches, right? So we're mm-hmm. like, K- K- "Do you trust us?" You know, <laughs> he's like, "Okay." So we went out there yeah, on the field. I never field. really got that all that much with that. <laughs> like, we had good relationships with our coaches, but it wasn't like a "Oh, we can do what we want during." Oh, uh, we were thing. a fraternity, especially at Impulse, dude. We had this thing, the quad section that I was in, where before each show, we would all sock each other in the arm as hard as we could, <laughs> and it was the dumbest thing. It was such a dude thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my god! I had this guy I played freshman football with in high school. His uh, <laughs> his pregame routine was he would like he would straddle the bench in the locker room and just punch himself in the nuts. <laughs> Jesus, it's one way to get like, going. Yeah, 
<laughs> I haven't talked to that kid since freshman football. I really hope he's doing all right. Hope his nuts are all right. I was going to say, I wonder if he's got any kids. <laughs> we So we started doing the Screamo 8s on the field, and we started doing this all season, dude. We were like, all right, you pick someone in the crowd. Because we did the first time, and Nico's like, love it. We're going to do this better. you know. And he's like, okay, you're all your thing is you're going to pick one person in the crowd, and when you set up, you're going to face the back crowd, and you're going to mad dog that person like the most intense mother <laughs> you've ever been, right? And so you would pick someone in the crowd and just stare them down and be all intimidating as we marched out there to start our warm-ups. And then we'd tap it off, looking at each other, looking all angry, and then just start screaming at the top of our like, tick, 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 tick. And the, we would get laughs every time. And it was perfect because Impulse, the core I was in, was known as like the we were having fun drum corps. Like we didn't wear plumes like every other one. I mean, now nobody wears plumes. But at the time, everyone wore plumes, the big tall things on their hat. And uh, Impulse never did that. We wore short sleeve uh, marching uniforms with baseball caps. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we got to laugh. And that's every what gets time. you known as the fun drum corps. Yeah, we were yellow and black. <laughs> yellow and black. That was our colors. I don't know if I like that. I wonder if I can find a picture <laughs> of the uniform to show you. Because um, all that the other colors have like changed. I, colors, I, don't I don't know how that, I feel about it. I don't think impulses change their colors. Although, again, I'm not all up to date. Here you go. That's the uniform. Okay, that does look kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, like at the time, the drum corps is not the big exclamation mark and stuff like too. Like, let me see if I can find like uh, more of a traditional. Uh, do, do, do. Now uniforms are all over the place. So let's see if I can find a traditional uniform. Da, 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 da. Speaking of uniforms, while you do this, I'm just going to kind of vamp here. Uh-huh. Like playing sports and shit. I always feel like every team I played for, the uniforms got cool after I stopped playing. <laughs> I feel the opposite. It's like, look, that's kind of how traditional uniforms were. Right. Nowadays, right, like, you, like what you picture when you think marching band. Yeah. Well, nowadays, with like the big tall hats and the, the like the peacock feathers yeah. coming off of them. And things have changed when, when and like the spats on the dress shoes. They started miking the cores and doing more things. And, and uh, indoor drum corps started doing this first in color guard where you'd have like more of a uh, uniform design to your show. Right. And so before I knew it, right after I left, drum corps started doing that. So like they'd have things like this every year. The uniform is different. The core Interesting. It used to be that the core would maintain a similar look every year. Well, yeah, because um, that's you always. I, I always think of all you marching band drum corps people as like like the old like 1700s like Napoleon military uniform. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, there was like and there's different kinds. Like uh, I always liked the Cavaliers uniform. Uh, never really a big fan of the corps. Well, nah, that's not true. I like some of their shows. The Cleveland Cavaliers? No, it was. Uh, I don't know where they out of Pennsylvania. I think. Um, but the Cavaliers had they they were an all male corps. So no, I don't know if they still are, <clears throat> but they were an all male core and they're, they had the, I'm just going to find it. They had these like Australian looking hats with the big feathers coming out of it. Uh, Hold up. Now, how many Australian hats are we talking here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's technically Australian, but it's, it's more like, uh, let me find a good picture of it. Cause, uh, cause we might have a problem. It's more of the traditional look <laughs> that it's, they've had cooler looking versions of that, but the hats, the cool part, 
<laughs> that almost looks that like brim. That looks like the smooth criminal hat, but with a big ass feather coming yeah, out. Yeah, big it. old feather coming out the side. Yeah. Uh, there, there. So some of these cores. So, okay, I, my record is safe. That's all I was worried about. <laughs> some of these. Cores, the cool thing about drum core is its is its origins. Obviously, anyone that's curious about this, I'm just going to keep telling you about drum core because apparently that's what we're doing this episode. Well, yeah, uh, and then we'll I, wrap at this it up point, here. We're too soon. far gone. So, so uh, drum core obviously like marching band and stuff obviously started out of like funeral marches and stuff in Louisiana and uh, New Orleans. Right. I was not aware of that. <laughs> yeah, it so, makes sense now that I think about it. But yeah, the bass drums and stuff started on a sling, right? So drum sets. I always figured it was just gen like generally parades. It, it was, but the parades generally started out of like especially the modern version of it started it the from what I understood and my understanding of it all is that it comes from that New Orleans like funeral march interesting thing, right uh, and the drum corn because they would have horn players and marching obviously like Louis Armstrong era and stuff it started shifting where they would play indoors and that's when someone I think I'm gonna screw this up but I think the Gibraltar pedal which is the the original I think it was the original the guy Gibraltar invented it the bass drum pedal like kick Revo- drum. yeah the kick drum revolutionary they took the marching bass drum put it on the ground and just put the snare next to it and he could just kick now, it. Now, did it start with a pedal or did somebody just say, like, screw it and I, just start kicking the drum? <clears throat> it's a good question. I think it might have started with just it on the ground and hitting it with a mallet. And then someone came up with the pedal. Do you think uh, there was a step in between where somebody was kicking it? I'm sure someone kicked the drum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so one of the way things that became in the, like, because I really hope that's where the term kick drum came from. <laughs> I really do. Like, so, deep down, that's. <laughs> drum core goes back to the 20s. Right. And so like in those 2020s, 1920s. So in those, (laughs) we have to specify now, dude, in those early days, uh, one of the things that it would be was for, uh, uh, it was like an option for, so cause some of them would be like, kind of like boy scouty troops or fraternities or whatever, like kind of like it is now. But Mm -hmm. then some of them, like, I believe it was the cadets, which is the core that I almost marched. That's a whole long story. Um, but they, uh, they were one of the first ones that was, they would have like juvenile delinquent kids, kids that were like arrested, like getting into trouble and shit would be, you're given an option of like, you're going to juvie or you're marching this. In this, this was drum the corps. gridiron gang of drum corps. Yeah. So they like send me. it like, okay. And then so they send these kids and it's like, all right, you're or with like us the for the summer and we're going to teach you music corps. and you're going to play, you know what I mean? These were the early days. So they weren't, I mean, the golden age, they can, I think the golden age is like 70s, 80s. Although I, there's people that argue that we're in a golden age now too. So, you know, that's always the case. But like, so that kind of steamrolled into people getting pop, it getting popular and getting integrated into the bands in the high schools and stuff like that as they started doing more of it. And then boom, for what it's worth, uh, I don't know, I don't, not really anymore because it's changed a lot. But like in the 80s, 90s, California was like the, like drummers that's that was our thing there was drummers everywhere but like we had vk and blue devils and vanguard and like some of the greatest drummers and drum lines uh, and teachers were all in california which i love tom float which pretty much uh revolutionized revolutionized modern drumming rudimental drumming for marching and stuff he was the dude that like invented that double stroke like approach the velocity he didn't like invent the velocity stroke but he like started applying all of these principles in, the, in his writing so it wasn't just drummers going like parade style so, used so to be the, the two stroke is, a double stroke two, is the it, it's pop, pop. two hits with 
each, each stick, stick, right? Yeah. Okay. Da, 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 so it's still da, 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 like da, da, a drum roll, but you're not. It's not left, right, left, right. It's left, left. So right, it's right. a more concise drum roll. It's all revolved around the bounce. So that if you've ever heard that drum roll, that's just got that like very quick, like it's not which is the old drum rolls on the parade style drums where you just push and buzz it. So with those modern ones, you hear drum set players play like that too. Um, nowadays. So yeah, that's, that's surprisingly one of the things that I knew going into this conversation (laughs) was like, I, you were using technical lingo and I actually got it. I'm kind of proud of myself. What everyone (laughs) usually knows. You want some too? I'll take a little bit. What everyone usually knows when they find out I'm a drummer, they go, oh, drummer, like paradiddle, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what a paradiddle is? No. So a paradiddle is a kind of rudiment. Uh, it's a different kind of complexity. It's, it's like that, but instead of just going double, double, like right, right, left, left, you go right, left, right, right, paradiddle, and then you reverse it, paradiddle. That's interesting. So as you get, I can't do it. I don't have sticks in my hand, so I can't go very fast, but then it, it, instead of like, that kind of double stroke, you have a different kind of like uh, I don't motion know if, to it. I don't know if the mics are picking any of this up. No, here, but like I'll do that's it. <laughs> Double stroke. This is me doing it with my hands and with sloppy techniques. So. That's a double stroke. And then a paradiddle to give it a little bit of a... You, I don't, if you can tell the difference at all. I... I can tell the difference. Yeah, I don't know if the mic picked it up, but like it's just a yeah. different flow because you're not getting that like staccato. It's just kind of a different motion. Yeah. This is dumb. No one wants to hear about this. Why are we talking about drum course so much? I don't know. I, well, <laughs> hey, we talked about some interesting things and then we got into like the oh, science of drumming. Oh, it's not interesting to you? Okay, I get it. <laughs> uh, you, we were talking about music well, and stuff. I don't stuff. know. If, I don't know how riveting the audio is, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do an interesting archive? Let's, yeah, you let's said jump you got one that. prepared. Yeah. I got some prepared and I don't know if anyone's actually interested in this now. If you're um, still listening after all this drum core talk, we've got an interesting archive. Oh, crap. I just realized. I think that that's one that you actually already said. Do we do the one where the Pope declared war on the cats? We did, didn't we? We did. Okay, hold on. So I actually kind of have one in my back pocket here. I'm going to have to find it again to do it justice. But um, Oh, here. I got one. Oh, you got a good one, though. Uh, if you've got one pulled up now, go ahead and give it to me because I'm right, still I'm reading for it for the first load. time. So let's see. Pilgrims never wore buckles on their hats. I'm not surprised by that one bit. Though we always picture pilgrims rocking buckles on their hats. That's not that's how they're portrayed in any depiction of the first Thanksgiving. The truth is actually the opposite. The image of them was formed in the 1800s, hundreds of years later. Oh, the next one on here was that Cleopatra was not Egyptian, but we both already yeah. knew that. Yeah, <laughs> we played that one Assassin's Creed game. I knew that it's, way before that. I know. <laughs> All right, so I've got one that this was my back pocket one that because right. uh, we we can't end on that interesting art. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hat buckles. Okay, cool. It's interesting, but there wasn't a whole lot to riff on there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot to riff on there. Like, I, oh, so the what? What kept their hats up? <laughs> you tried, and I appreciate this. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> so Franklin D. Roosevelt 
once accidentally ran into a naked Winston Churchill. When Roosevelt apologized, Churchill said the Prime Minister of Great Britain has nothing to hide from the President of the United States. <laughs> like, Wait, total power move. When Churchill said he has nothing to hide? Yeah. <laughs> In December 1941, after the incident of Pearl Harbor, Churchill made a visit to the White House. According to the story, after Roosevelt had an inspiration to call the world bodies, he was hoping to... <laughs> I just love, I love, love that term. World bodies. Yeah, considering he <laughs> walked in on them naked. Uh, uh, he was hoping to organize after the war the United Nations, uh, and he came into the and he came into Churchill's room. There he found the prime minister fresh out of the bath, naked and gleaming pink. When <laughs> Churchill made the statement, however, when asked about it by Roosevelt's biographer, he denied making such a statement. But then he had recalled the incident to King George the Sixth while at Buckingham Palace in January 1942, saying, Sir, I believe I am the only man in the world to have received the head of a nation naked. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Winston Churchill was a badass. Uh, he, uh, he certainly <laughs> was a character. I don't know. In the his context of the history, I'm not really sure how I feel about Churchill. I feel like if any historical leader ever... Was chaotic neutral? It yeah. was Churchill. Yeah, that's, maybe that's why I can't decide <laughs> how I feel about him. You read about some of the decisions he made in World War II, and you're like, Ugh. well, and, and then you're even just in World War II. Like, yeah. in, in general, Churchill was one of those people that, like, in this story, he sounds like a badass. In this story, he sounds like a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like the uh, anti Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, kind of. Like, you can hear about his actual actions and policy and stuff like that, and you can agree and disagree, but. And, and there's a lot I disagree with him on, on policy. Not a lot, but there's well, some I disagree with. But he's still such a character. I think alignment's the best way to think about it. Like, Teddy Roosevelt kind of strikes <clears throat> me as, like, lawful good. I don't know. He was I, pretty chaotic, dude. I think uh, he's a like chaotic, chaotic good. good. Okay. Fair enough. He's like, yeah, he used so to Teddy like, Roosevelt's chaotic good. Winston Churchill's chaotic neutral. Because then Teddy Roosevelt used to, like, have heads of state over and then, like, throw down a mat and be like, let's do jujitsu together. That's true. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt was if Joe Rogan was president. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do the four. We're going to create the national park system. Teddy Roosevelt has my daughter and her and snake. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt has a bunch of heads of state over and just like, that's crazy. Have you guys ever had DMT? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the clockwork angels. <laughs> yeah. So it, it kind of makes me wonder, though, like where would other historical figures land on an alignment chart? Um, that's a good question. I would say Stalin probably lawful Stalin's, evil. Yeah, Stalin strikes me as lawful evil. Uh, <clears throat> Hitler would probably be probably neutral evil. Neutral evil. Yeah, because I don't know that I'd go as far as to say chaotic, but I'll. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah it seems weird because he's like the ultimate villain, but neutral evil might be right because like Stalin was. I was gonna say Stalin was like slaughtering his own people, but Hitler was too. He just did a certain kind of of yeah. his people, you know. Like Stalin was a little more all over the place. I don't know who's the most like lawful good historical figure. Do you think lawful good? Hmm, it's a good question. Do you have yeah, someone in I, mind? I really don't. I mean, like, 
I immediately want to jump back to like former presidents, but I'm I'm kind of running through the list, and I'm not sure that any actually fall under that. Like there, there there's a couple maybe like, um, maybe Lincoln, but I feel like Lincoln might nah. also be like a lawful neutral. I don't know. He wasn't that lawful, dude. <laughs> That's true. He, he did. Literally, he did suspend like, the constitution. Yeah, he's like the, suspended the constitution more than any other president. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you can argue about the, the cause or whatever, but like, I don't know. Um, I can't find a good, maybe like Henry Ford. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he just like did, he was just kind of a do nothing president, right? Like, you mean Gerald Ford? Gerald Ford. Who did I say? Henry Ford. Henry Ford. That's the guy with the cars. Yeah, the cars. Thank you. <laughs> Gerald Ford is what I meant. Yeah, I don't know, though. I don't know enough about Gerald Ford. I don't know that we know enough about historical figures to do this alignment chart right now. <laughs> Not right now. Lawful, uh, using lawful good, though, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I feel like Marie Antoinette deserves to also be chaotic neutral or chaotic good for the whole peasant village thing. Yeah. And <laughs> Would you say Mark, Mark Twain is like chaotic good? I feel like he falls under the chaotic side. Yeah, he's a little chaotic for his time. I, good, I yeah, because I, I can't think of anything really bad to say about him. Because he's he's not neutral. He did look out for himself, but he was. I think he was overall. He had like he he concerned himself with morality. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure this is riveting to listen to. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we should I probably start fun, wrapping but, it up. Uh, we, Apparently well, there wasn't get, as much to rip it's off. It's a fascinating there question. I don't know a rip off. You're like, I'm like genuinely like, huh, that sounds fun. Um, and then we tried it and not we, so fun. We got lost. If you say <laughs> Very, so. <laughs> well, anyways, anything else? Um, do some plugs. I think I'm ready for plugs. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Rodolphia. I'm also on TikTok at Matt Tango. You can check out the other podcast I do with Michael Landon called they might be bronies. If you are not my family or a customer or anyone else that would judge me for the horrible things I say over there. That is a little more of a shock, shock <laughs> jock kind of uh, show um, where we watch. Show, I'm li- still waiting to be on, by the way. Uh, you'll get there. We watch every episode of My Little Pony to find out if we might be bronies. It's also very NSF NSFW. Yeah, that's just is it that NSFW. Not safe. For, I, I always yeah. get the S and the F mixed up. Yeah, I do that too. WSFN. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> um, that sounds like an AM radio station in the Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at Family Records Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Family Records Po. Um, also, if you'd like to l- email us with any information or stories or recommendations for whiskey, you can email us at Family Records at FatTango.com. Yeah. And uh, if you feel so inclined or also, you know, just to be nice, if you'd like to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, that would be awesome, too, because it really helps us get out there to more people. And just saying, if you leave five stars, we'll read it on air. There are no new ones, so too bad. But (laughs) got heated last time. It did get heated last time. (laughs) So maybe just don't call Matt White. That's that's the one (laughs) that's the one rule out there right now. Tell him sensitive about it. No, nah, I, I was <laughs> I listened back and I was like, boy, you reacted a little bit hastily there, Matt. And then I was like, you were drunk. <laughs> you were drunk. I've been dealing with I've been dealing with that my whole life. And you roll off say, your you, back for years. But now in this world where everything's racial. Yeah, it's hard because it's like I'm I'm well, not white. I mean, you you literally told the story 
earlier in this episode where like you had to stay in the car because you weren't brown enough. Yeah. Well, it's not that I wasn't brown enough. It's because I didn't speak Spanish, you know, like, so, and it, it is what it is. I, I understand We're over that it. Whole, we can drop it. Yeah, we can. I know that I'm has taste testy, testy about it. And, uh, it is what it is. Maybe just because I've been dealing with it for so many years, but I was also drunk. I'm not as drunk yeah. this time. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. You want to give us some plugs? All right. So, uh, Twitter at Blake sweet comic. Uh, I also do sometimes use TikTok at BSBS comedy. Uh, I actually am kind of proud of myself. I finally started using it again. Um, <laughs> you can go to our website, fattangoproductions.com, where we have a merch store as well as a link to our Discord server. It has been a lot of fun, even though it's like eight people right now. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was more than that. But yeah, yeah. it's been kind of not so active this last growth, week or yeah. two. Growth is kind of stagnated, but it it is fun, and yeah. you get to interact with other people who listen to the show and yeah. other shows on the network. And you can ask us dumb questions and and just kind of chit chat with us if you'd like as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. We are always on Discord. Yeah, <laughs> we're on there a lot. Um, right. uh, would you do Four to Tango? Fat Tango presents. Uh, yeah, Four to Tango, the show where all four owners of the network get together. We get well at this point, we all get drunk. Yeah, and play now games. it's a drinking show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they've somehow turned into drinking games over time. Yeah, it's fun. But it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, and then Fat Tango Presents, the show that started it all, our scripted comedy podcast. It is a, I think it's a lot of fun. We put out full-length episodes and shorts every month. We will have a new episode have just dropped uh, before this, the day before yes, this so releases. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> because We this will is have totally released uh, One Sword Stone. <laughs> A, a very, I love that. I love this script. I'm very excited about oh, it. I am so excited because I don't think I've touched this since I recorded it. Yeah, I haven't heard. Mikey's been working on it from like all of it. So I'm I am very, so excited. We haven't heard it at all. Because we, we've worked with a number of actors on yeah. this. I we all played two, multiple characters. Yeah, it's a fun one. All three of us. You, me, a, and Mikey all got to do vocal drag. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun one. It's I love it. The whole premise of it is... It was, if you've listened to it, is I, I listened to the original King Arthur stories and I realized this is all just a soap opera. Like the way it's written is so clearly just so I, I had this inspiration to write a script like a soap Dude, opera. Didn't we like one of our first episodes? Didn't we talk about like you had a Camelot idea that you hadn't figured out? Oh, maybe. Hadn't and now, it it's, now it's, it's developed into this and now it's released. dropping yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Anyways, I think that's it, yeah? I, I think we're all covered. Oh, just one more time. Do not fly Frontier Airlines. Oh, yeah. Don't forget <laughs> not to fly Frontier. And uh, shout out Shane. Shout out Shane. Shane. Shout out Shane. For, uh, you rule, dude. For uh, becoming a new listener. All I know is probably a little more handsome than our other listeners. <laughs> if he's a listener. If he's not, our, don't, our, don't our listen, guys. Our other listener whose name is two letters. <laughs> <laughs> What are you, a government agency? No, that'd be three letters. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right, y'all. We're going to check right. out of here. Until next time, uh, we will see you next week. Until then, peace, peace late, late out. out. This has been a Fat Tango production.